Dear Cheap Astronomy, Why Does Light Move at Sea? Part 2 Last week we grappled with the issue of why light is able to move at the speed C, which is around 300,000 kilometres a second, in a vacuum. Some key points we landed were that C is actually the fastest speed that anything can move, and that light isn't the only thing that can move at C, gravity does as well. On this basis, C, a universal constant, is perhaps better thought of as defining the fundamental relationship between space and time where it simply has to take at least one second to cross 300,000 kilometres, meaning that it must take at least 0.000000033 seconds to cross one metre, and it's even more of a fractional instant of time to cross centimetres or even nanometres. There is a conceivable point, indeed a literal point, of no distance which hence requires no time to cross that distance, but once you do have the tiniest iota of distance, there must also be the tiniest iota of time. Indeed, these iotas are actually defined and indivisible Planck units. So at the Planck scale, the integrated nature of space and time does seem clearer. It's just that when you bring that relationship back up to astronomical scales, It can seem a bit surprising that it takes a whole second to cross 300,000 kilometres. I mean, couldn't you just go a bit faster? And the answer is no, because this whole relationship is fundamentally defined down at the Planck scale, and that relationship is then retained up from the Planck scale. So this is where we say, yes, C is a speed, but that's not really the important issue. The important issue is that it's showing a constant relationship between space and time. So when you are dealing with a distance of 300,000 kilometres, the matching time parameter is one second. Apologies if we are labouring the point. We are just trying to emphasise that although C is commonly called the speed of light, it doesn't really have anything to do with light, and its representation as a speed is kind of missing the point as well. But anyway, having recapped all that, we can now return to the issue of why light moves at sea. So firstly, it's important to remember that light only moves at sea in a vacuum. If it's moving through a vacuum and then interacts with a transparent medium, like air, water or glass, it will slow down, but once it's through and back into a vacuum again, its speed will return to sea straight away. This is unusual insofar as a particle with mass can also move through a vacuum at a constant velocity and potentially forever, but if it then interacts with a pliable medium like water or air, it will slow down, but coming out the other end, it will stay slowed down. And this is a good demonstration of the principles we discussed last week, where the only option available to light is to move at sea in a vacuum whereas particles with mass can only move at less than C. So, unfortunately, we're just stuck with saying that light moves at C because that's what it does. Even worse than that, we've been leading you along all this time with the story of how nothing can reach the ultimate speed limit of the universe because if a thing could cross any distance without some time passing, that thing could be everywhere all at once. But of course... 
Light does move at the ultimate speed of the universe, and it isn't everywhere at once, so what the heck? This is where we need to introduce the principle of relativity. While the universe does have an ultimate speed limit, it's not like a big hand comes up to stop you when you get close to the limit. If you're in a spaceship with a star drive able to maintain a constant acceleration, as you approach C, you'll just keep finding that you arrive at your destination before the speedometer ever reaches C. If you try it again and go even faster, you'll just find you get to your destination even earlier. For light, which does travel at C, the distance ahead of it has shrunk to nothing, and hence light experiences no duration of travel. Indeed, it experiences no distance. So, from a photon's perspective, it is everywhere at once. And were it hypothetically possible that we could accelerate to see in our spaceship, we'd find ourselves agreeing with the photon. But, since we can't ever get to see, we instead see those photons covering long distances and taking time to do it. In a nutshell... While time is what stops everything from happening at once, space-time is what stops everything from being everywhere at once.